before we get going this evening, I've just got, uh, I've just been asked to share um, bang up to that news with you about the man race down the road. So, here you go. Uh, we currently have 136 members. Four declined their membership last week as they no longer needed our help. 40 haven't yet visited, but 18 of those aren't approved to come until this week. There are currently eight new applications on the waiting list. That means that 96 people have used the manor house since we opened. It's great to be able, sorry, it's great that we've been able to help so many families to date. A massive thank you to all who have helped support this work. And that includes your prayers, because your prayers have been answered. I think, and I'm pretty certain I can say this, I'm, I'm sure that we've done over 400 shops to date. Amazing. Amazing. God's blessing that work. People are being blessed down there, and now we're just making those relationships, and hopefully in the not-too-distant future, those people will be coming through these doors. That's what our prayer should be. Um, and so that's it. Now, the latest thing off the press is I had a meeting on Thursday morning with uh, Black Country Housing, and transpiring from that meeting is that on a Thursday, for two hours each Thursday, probably from April, we will have a resident um, helper down there provided by Black Country, who will be offering uh, debt counselling, uh, money advice, um, people who are in uh, trouble with their utility bills and all that kind of things, form filling and all that, with a view to the near future, to Black Country, to Black Country getting a, um, one of their volunteers trained up to be one of our volunteers down the road so that that will be ongoing and that's the next, uh, the next string in the bow. So that's going to be good uh, for members as well. So let's look forward and, uh, and uh, just keep praying that the work down the road is just going to get bigger and bigger and better and better. And church is going to grow as a result of, uh, of the manor house down the road. Let's just keep uh, praying for that. So <coughs> this evening, um, I'm told that uh, Jonathan, who's Jonathan, by the way, Pam and Bev? Doing all right. Home? <coughs> yes, yes. Brilliant. Diagnosis good? Um, uh, he, had, uh, he had a big operation last Monday morning. Uh, removed five centimetres of his skull. Huh? And he's got a strangulated hernia as well. But they've sorted him all out. And then they, they allowed him to come home Thursday night. So he's a free flyer. And then he's got to go back to the doctors tomorrow without his tissue. But at the moment he's doing fine. But it was. Appreciate that, but uh, take our love here from church back home to him, please, and assured of our prayers that the church, I know I've been praying through the prayer line, so um, just uh, take our love back, please. Anybody else that's not well? I know there's a few empty seats. Lorraine, Carol, not well? Please. Yeah, please take our love uh, back to uh, Carol and Lorraine. Anybody else that's not well as well, please do that so we can go now and we'll just say um because i've been told that jonathan might be listening to this by podcast uh, <laughs> afterwards so john we are missing you we're praying for you as a church and we just uh, pray that you'll be back with us very 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 soon uh, be blessed and encouraged um as god's looking after you so uh, i just call this this message this evening kingdom procedures 
with a subtitle of Worship to Withstand. Worship to Withstand. I'm sure that in most people's day-to-day lives, they have to work by procedure. I know that when Brexit was going on, it's still going on, isn't it? But when there was all this uh, talk about Brexit, part of the Brexit uh, sort of campaign was we want to drop some of the European procedures because they're too difficult and we want to govern our own shores. Um, So who knows what lies ahead in the future, but procedures are procedures. Let me bring at the start of uh, of this evening this verse. It's a very, very well-known verse. It's a particular favourite verse of mine. Most of you will probably... Uh, be able to um, to say it off art. Um, but it's Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that it is work, that is at work within us. But you know what? When we look at the procedures of our life, we look at that verse, which I think is something that we all want to see in our lives. We can say, well, hold on, my life's not there yet. My life has probably never been there. And how do we get there? I don't know if anybody's got this, this Ephesians, 10, Ephesians 3.20 verse going on in their lives. If you have, hang on to it. Because it's, uh, it's a real good verse. But to most of us, it's something that we want to get to. Do we want to live Ephesians 3.20 lives? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, do we want to see immeasurably more than we can ask or we can imagine can you believe that we can see and have immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine well if that's something that we want to go for i'm sure there's procedures that we've got to follow kingdom procedures and that's what i want to be speaking about a little bit this evening and i want to speak about the procedure of praise of of praise and worship Because praise and worship, I really believe, is a kingdom procedure. Our verses this evening, our Bible passage this evening, is 1 Chronicles 16, 23 to 31. And this is what it says. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of all the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him, strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. We're a month now into a new year, 2020, 2020. And I just wonder, could 2020 be your year? Could 2020 be your year? Could there be something that you've been asking for, praying for, believing for, for many, many years that's not yet come to pass for 2020? Could 2020 be your year? I wonder, as you look back over the years that you've lived, some of us lived longer than others, but 
uh, over the years that you've lived, I wonder, can you recall any powerful moments that you've experienced? Times when you're on top of the world, times when singing and praising is easy. I wonder if you can see that for yourselves in the year 2020. As I was walking my dog, this song, for some reason, popped into my head. Now, this is a real old chorus, this is. And when we were at church, in the church I was brought up in, Sue was brought up in, if a chorus was able to be sung, wow, that was, that was, that was different. Hymns, yes. Choruses, well. But this is, a, this is a chorus. It was sung in church occasionally. It was sung in... It was sung in Sunday school a lot. So it's on the victory side, on the victory side. No foe can daunt me. No fear can haunt me. On the victory side, on the victory side. With Christ within, the fight will win. On the victory side. Yes, no? Some people do know it. But you know, surely, surely, us as Christians... We always want to be on the victory side. What's the point if we don't want victory in our lives? I watched Albion this afternoon. Victory. It was sweet. I went with the lads to watch Albion against Stoke. And it was terrible. <laughs> on the victory side, we want to see. Imagine, sorry ladies, but football. Imagine being a Liverpool supporter at this moment in time. The best team in the world. Not probably the best team in the world. They've won the competitions. They're the victory side. It's a lot sweeter having the victory than having the defeat. In your life, it's a lot better having a victory than living in defeat. But what do you do when there's a power, power failure in your life? When this victory is gone and when defeat, when the Victory is gone, and when defeat is all you can see, when you're far away from victory, when the last thing on your mind is singing, when tears are closer than triumph. Now, I can speak this message from experience, because most of you know that a few years ago I had a pretty bad experience of an accident, and, uh, and it's, it's no exaggeration, I nearly killed myself. Ruth will tell you that. And I can remember, I've never been in, in hospital for one night in my life up until this account. And I was in hospital, I went under two sets of surgery. And then the night before, I knew that on the Wednesday, this was the Tuesday night, I can remember it like it was last night. On the Tuesday night, I was waiting to go into surgery 7.30 on the following morning. And I was told I was going to be faced about a nine-hour operation. Okay, here we go. And I can remember it was June, and I can remember being in the ward at Russell's Hall Hospital, four people in the ward, soundly asleep about three o'clock in the morning. The sun was coming in through the, um, through the windows of the ward. I woke up to be wide awake, and these are the words, these are the words that was ringing. And they was ringing just like it was heaven, and these were the words, <clears throat> when darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. 
And every iron stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. I'll never forget that experience. I'll never forget those words. I'll never forget heaven singing over me because that's what I believe through your prayers was happening. But I've got the question this evening, does your anchor hold within the veil? Can your anchor hold within the veil? The God that we sing about, the God that we've been singing about this evening, who looks after you in a very special way, has been faithful to you all your days, even if you don't realise it. When darkness comes, can your anchor hold within his veil? I was watching a few weeks ago, television programme. Um, I think the television programme was on a few series, but I only watched part of the one episode. And it was Ross Kemp inside Belmarsh Prison. And the, the little bit that I want to bring before you this evening is Ross Kemp was doing all, he was interviewing prisoners and all that sort of thing. But he said, now, I'm going to go to somewhere in Belmarsh Prison. He said, where no camera's ever been before. I don't know if anybody's seen the programme. And so what he did is he went down these corridors and through clang clang doors and prison uh, guards were there and he went and he actually got to the centre of Belmarsh Prison. He said, this is the HSU, the High Security Unit. At the moment, there are seven prisoners in this unit, ultra secure, went out into the exercise yard that was in the centre of the block and above the, above the uh, exercise yard was all steel, was all steel a mesh and several layers thick of it. So no helicopter could come in and take the prisoners away. No drone could fly over and drop things in. But one thing that he did, he said, now I'm, I'm going to take you now to the, to the punishment cell. And so he went into this place and the, um, the prison um, governor was there with him, a lady, and she showed him where this, where this uh, cell was, opened the door, a cell that was no windows, six foot by six foot, 1.8 metres if you're in New Money, by 1.8 metres. Ross kept saying, wow, he says, and people have to go in there. And she said, well, yeah, she said, that, that's where, that's where we, we, we put people if they've got to be punished. Ross Kemp said, he said, well, could you just shut the door on me so I can get a feel for what it's like? Yeah, certainly. Crash, bang, shut the door. Ross Kemp was talking. He knocked the door and he said, let me out. He said, I couldn't spend an hour in this place. He said, I couldn't spend an hour in this place, let alone a period of time. As I was watching that programme, my mind raced to the story that we read about, and we're not going to read it, so we've not got time. In Acts 16, sorry, yeah, Acts 16, verse 16 to 14, is when Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. Why were they thrown into prison? They're doing good. They cast the evil spirit out of, the, out of that, young, that young lady, that young girl, but it upset the people around them. So they were doing, they were doing good. They were using their God-given talents. But what happened to them? They were thrown into the inner cell of the prison. They were stripped and beaten, thrown into the most secure part of the prison. They were put in stocks. <coughs> now, that's got to be a pretty low, low 
point, I just wonder were Paul and Silas on the victory side or was there a serious power failure in their lives? Surely most of us in this room would say, wow, that's a serious power failure. Ending up from doing good, being chucked into the inner area of a secure prison. But what did Paul and Silas do? They followed procedure. They followed procedure and praised and worshipped God. You know, some people struggle to praise and worship God when life's good. Some struggle because praise and worship in their world is not the done thing. I'm talking about Christian people. Praise and worship is not the done thing. You know what? I was brought up in a church where hymns were okay, nothing else went. That's the way that they do things. But I don't think that that's the praise and worship that the Bible talks about. I've been in a church, me and Ruth were out with, um, were out with uh, family on Monday evening and we were talking about different things. Church cropped up, we had a good conversation. I'm not going to use any names. We had a good, a good, good conversation with two of our uh, a niece and nephew. And we recall the time that we were in a church with Ron and Pam in Scotland. It's a few years ago, this is. And it was in the days, really, when, uh, you know, if a church had a, web, a website, wow, they must be doing, doing things. So we looked, and this church, where we wanted to go on a Sunday morning, it was uh, at a website, looked really good. So then, then on the seafront, I can remember a banner uh, on the seawall railings, and that advertised the church. Wow, that's the church that we're going to on Sunday morning. So after the church, we went on Sunday morning. A lot of people. I don't particularly dress for church. All these people did dress for church. So I oh, we just went into church. Obviously, Ron was dressed for church because Ron dresses for church. And into church, into church we went. Church was pretty full. One boy jumped up at the front, old guy, into his pocket, pulled out a tuning fork. Ding. The pulpit. Ding, ding, ding. And off he went singing. And me and Ruth looked at each other and thought, this really doesn't fit the bill that we are thinking. The bill is in this church. But that's the way that they praised and worshipped in their way. But I just think there's a lot more to praise and worship than a tuning fork. I really do. Psalm 150 verse 3 to 6 says this. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with strings, with strings and pipes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's a bit more there than a tuning fork, isn't it? A.W. Tozer. People know this bloke. He was a, a spiritual, spiritual man. He was known as a spiritual mentor. He said this in the early 1960s. I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. 
How about that? Are you ready for heaven? Are you ready for heaven? Are you a praiser? Or are you a blamer? Do you praise God in your situation? Or do you blame God for your situation? Vast difference. Are you a praiser or are you a blamer? You know, when Paul and Silas praised their God in the depth of their situation, the amazing, unbelievable happened. But Paul and Silas knew how to handle the procedure within their situation. The praise and worship, it broke chains, it opened doors, and it changed lives. If we could only follow this praise and worship procedure, we would see more Ephesians 3.20 in our lives. You know what? Through the praise and worship of Paul and Silas, the jailer was saved, the jailer's wife was saved, the jailer's family was saved, the jailer was baptised, the jailer's wife was baptised, the jailer's family were baptised. And one thing I want to do when I get to heaven is find out how many other prisoners in that circumstance had their lives changed through Paul and Silas's procedure. We're not told in scripture, are we? How many prisoners experienced the earthquake, the doors flying open, the chains being broken? Surely there's got to be some of them prisoners today in heaven. That's just me thinking. When we get there one day, we'll know. But I'll tell you one thing. When this occurred and the jailer was changed, all heaven rejoiced. All because Paul and Silas praised instead of blamed. On a perilous sea voyage from London to British Georgia, many years ago, there was two Anglican preachers aboard a ship. It was a small ship and a big storm arose. The two Anglican preachers, along with every other crew member, got really scared. But on the deck of the ship, there was a Moravian band. Now, I had to look up what Moravian was. And the Moravian church, I understand, it originated in Germany. And it's one of the oldest evangelical churches around. So that's the Moravian church. This band on this ship were a Moravian band. All through the storm, they didn't stop playing hymns of worship. The two Anglican preachers were so impressed with, it, with, these, with this band that when the storm subsided, they spent a lot of time with them. They got over to British Columbia. They did what they did there. They come back to London. When they got back to London, they thought, what we've got to do is we've got to find this Moravian church. So they went to, Mora to the Moravian church. They worshipped with the Moravian church for many years. And one night in a meeting in Aldersgate Street, one of the young men experienced God. His name was John Wesley, and he became one of the most effective evangelists in the 18th century. We know that he founded the Methodist movement, which has brought many millions of people to Jesus. Why? Because the Moravian band played hymns and worshipped in the troubles that they were in. They could see victory 
in their lives. Singing in the storm makes a difference. Praise and worship don't belong to a particular season. Praise and worship belong to the Christian's life. You know what? Church should be a large part of life. I really believe that. Church should be a major part of the Christian's life. Why? You know, you can worship here, you can worship there, but in church we worship together. Church is where we can worship God together as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, your worship in church is not complete until you worship in church. Your church experience is not complete until you worship in church. God is a God who commands us to worship him. You know the Lord's good. How good? Is he worthy of your worship? Is he worthy of your praise? How good is God? You know his mercy is everlasting. His truth endures for all generations. He's a God of enduring truth. He's a God who is the, who is the same yesterday, today and forever. He's a God of unmerited Love is even the God of the prodigals. People that wander away and God's got open arms to welcome you back. He's the God of the prodigals. We're told if 99 sheep are okay, you'll still search after the one. What an amazing God. And a God who don't get enough worship and enough praise. I'm sure tonight in heaven, on the authority of scripture, heaven praising God heaven is worshipping God we're told about it in revelation I wonder how many of us are going to be surprised when we get to heaven when we're singing the right songs is it too loud or too quiet I've even wondered I don't know in heaven is the, if the, is the different sections you sing the psalms over there you get a classical over there you get a rock down there and you get to whatever up there no 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 We'll all be singing the same praise and worship to God. It's going to be amazing, you know, because we're also told every nation comes together to sing praise and worship to God. Now, is that going to work in all different languages? You know, it's not going to bother us because we're going to be praising and worshiping God. But it's our job to worship and praise God while we're still on this earth because praising and worshiping God changes situations couple of weeks ago I got a bit of toothache so I went to the dentist the dentist said <clears throat> yeah he says I think you've got done this and you've done that he says so uh, here's a bit of treatment he says and go home see you get on so I come home and it really didn't get any better when the anaesthetic wore, wore off so I went back to see the dentist oh he says okay so he says you have to tap tap and this probe on there and this just mark he said he said you've cracked your tooth I said, what on? He said, you, you've cracked your tooth beyond your filling. He says, the only way, he said, you don't want to lose this tooth. He said, it's one of my back teeth. He said, you don't want to lose this tooth. He said, so, he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He says, I'm going to root treat it. He said, book yourself in to come to see me two and a half hours. That's what, how long you're going to be in the chair. He says, and I'm going to root treat it. I said, yeah, fine, okay. Last Friday, not this Friday gone, the Friday before. So I've, I'd got my appointment. I went into the, uh, into the dentist surgery. And I had this uh, two and a half hour procedure. As I was doing this procedure, the dentist said to me, 
He said, you know, Mark, said, this, is, this is the fourth one of these procedures I've done this week. Oh, wow, okay. He said, but the lady that was in just a couple of days ago, he said she was in that much distress. She said that she hadn't slept for two nights. She hadn't eaten. She um, come into my chair, and she said, and, and she said she really said, well, I don't know if I want this procedure. And the dentist said, well, he said, that's not a problem. He said, because two and a half hours I can treat it, or 10 minutes I can take it out. He said, it's, it's your choice. So she went through with the treatment. I can honestly say that I didn't lose one second's sleep. I didn't miss one bit of food worrying about this procedure. Do you know why? Because my dentist is one of my best friends. I've been on holiday with him several times, John. He's one of my best friends. So I could trust him. I knew him. I know his work. And I can trust him. What about you this evening? Do you know God? Can you trust him? Do you lose sleep about tomorrow? Are you missing meals about with worry? We can all go there. Do you know God? Can you sing and praise and worship in your situation because you know God? Knowing God makes all the difference. I'm finishing off, but can you say along with David the words of Psalm 145? Can you say these words? I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell you of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are blown away, or, sorry, all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food and their proper time. And you, you open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing the lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does the lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth he fulfills the desires of those who fear him he hears their cry and saves them the lord watches over all who love him but all the wicked he will destroy my mouth will speak in praise of the lord let, it, let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever.
I just trust that you can worship and praise your God. And in worship and praise, you'll be able to experience exceedingly, abundantly more. Amen.